are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast covering all things BYU for you on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. We're recapping BYU basketball season opening loss in Reno, Nevada last night, as well as catching up with BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick on today's show. We'll also be catching up on the other teams in Provo, some of the news and notes going on in Quick Kits as we wrap up the show as we normally do. Thanks again for downloading the show. It's a blast to bring it to you guys. It's found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Spotify, or your smart speakers. Just tell your smart speaker, play podcast, Locked on Cougars. You can find us there. Let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for November 7th, 2018. Champaign, Illinois. We spoke with Dave Rose today, Carter, as you know, and he said one of my biggest concerns is transition defense. Porter swats that one away. Two early blocks. Trey Porter finishes it on the other end. Harden gets past all the way to the rim, Pete. High post, Caroline draws the defense. Caroline gets to the rim anyway. Get the ball. That's the weakness in his own. There you go. Some of the highlights from last night's game. Nevada, 7th ranked Nevada beats BYU 86-70. Jordan Caroline, man, was he impressive last night, putting up a double-double. This Nevada team is very, very good. I think what the overall takeaway for a BYU fan, what I took away from this game is BYU did battle with Nevada and ran with them for quite a while. The final 10 minutes of the game, okay, Nevada pulls away, they put on a run, and yeah, they end up with a 16-point margin of victory. But I thought that BYU showed they could hang with Nevada for stretches of this game. And that's including the fact that they avoided getting buried early when they were ice cold to begin this game. It fell behind 8-0 before the first media timeout, the under-16 timeout. So... Hats off to Dave Rose's squad. This is a young team that is still kind of learning. They're going up against a team full of NBA prospects. The Martin Twins saddled with foul trouble in the first half, helped BYU get back into this game. But overall, I thought that BYU showed well. It would have been nice if they would have been able to stick with the Wolfpack down the stretch. But I kind of, I think that final stands of the final quarter, so to say, with that final 10 minutes of that game kind of showed the separation between a team that is projected as a dark horse national title contender, a final four contender this season, and a team that is looking to get over the hump in the West Coast Conference and win a conference championship for the first time since they joined the conference nearly a decade ago. Go. One of the big things I took away from this game is Nevada is a different looking team than most college teams BYU is going to face this season. And what I mean is Nevada had guys on that on the court at one time. All of them, I believe, were at least 6'5", maybe 6'6", 6'7", and over in a lineup. You don't see that in college basketball. That's more reminiscent of what you'd see in the NBA, a Utah Jazz type of lineup. If you get Dante Exum, Ricky Rubio, and the rest of the big guys the Utah Jazz have. The length and athleticism that the Wolfpack showed last night is a little abnormal uh, for what BYU will be facing this season, but they'll be better for having faced it to begin the season. I, I Other teams BYU is going to face will have nowhere near the amount of athletes, the talent, and just the overall ability that Nevada does. And BYU kind of now knows where, if they want to become 
a real player on a national scene. Well, Nevada just gave him a look at what one of the best teams in the country looks like, and BYU is going to have their work cut out for him. There's no doubt about that. Uh, like I said, impressed that BYU stuck with uh, North, not North Carolina. I'm saying North Carolina, Nevada. A lot of basketball going through my brain. I don't know why North Carolina got pulled there, but sticking with Nevada, um, Jordan Caroline, very impressive last night. I mentioned the Martin twins, Caleb uh, Martin had 21 points to help the Wolfpack win, but Jordan Caroline was the real star for Nevada last night after the Martin twins were saddled with foul trouble in the first half. Uh, Caroline finishing the night 25 points and 16 rebounds. An impressive performance. This is a deep Nevada team. Uh, BYU I thought had some standouts themselves. Yoli Childs, uh, he's a marked man this year. You already saw it against Nevada. They know who the best player on BYU's team is. They went after him. He picked up an early foul inside of a minute of the game starting. That was worrisome. And college basketball overall, I struggle with it simply due to the fact that there's so many whistles, so many fouls. There's no real flow to games, in my opinion. And that's why I believe the NBA is a superior product. You college basketball purists out there, I respect it. I personally just can't handle it. I'd prefer to watch the NBA games simply due to the fact that officiating seems to allow the games to find their own rhythm and flow and doesn't chop up the game and make it the referee show. Uh, That's just my opinion. We can talk about that some other time. But despite that, Yoli Childs, I thought, had a very fine night for BYU. 16 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. And that's despite, like I said, being the marked man. He is the top player on BYU. He is at the top of every scouting report when it comes to an opposing team. I thought it was impressive to see what he did. Jasheer Hardnett, I think he's going to be a real player this year. I was impressed with him last night. He's not the biggest guy, but he can beat guys with his first step and get to the bucket. He's fearless when he plays, and you can tell he's worked on refining his game, which is the most impressive part. So I was really impressed with what Hardnett put out, finishing the night 17 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists for BYU. So all in all, despite the loss, I'm glad BYU scheduled this game. It was worth um, seeing what Nevada could show BYU. I think it'll have them more battle-tested for games down the road. They face UVU in the Crosstown Clash this Friday night in 8 p.m. Mountain Time tip-off at the Marriott Center, and I think BYU will be better for having faced a team like Nevada to kick off their season than, say, UVU, who they face next, who started with a game against D2 Westminster in the regular season debut. Uh, Call me crazy, but I'd rather see BYU go out and play a top 10 team than a D2 team to start the season. Uh, Another note we needed to mention here is that in the lead up to the game last night, a press release was sent out from BYU announcing that BYU head coach Dave Rose has signed a contract extension to coach BYU through the end of the 2020-21 season. Uh, Coach Rose, of course, had the pancreatic cancer scare earlier on in his career. Uh, Found out that he was one of the lucky few that has the, I believe there's three types of pancreatic cancer. He has the one that is not lethal, essentially, or or essentially a death sentence. Uh, Incredibly blessed for him to be still here with us. He's done a great job in his 13 years at BYU. My guess is this contract extension takes him through the end of his tenure at BYU. I I, I can't report that. I don't know what his thinking is. But seeing a a 
a contract extension when we're in the 2018-19 season. So essentially signing on for two more seasons instead of signing, let's say, a five- or a six-year extension. Screams to me that Dave Rose, I think, might see the end of his road coming up and deciding that he, he's ready to step away and enjoy retirement, uh, follow his kids and grandkids around. And I get... I, I can't um, denigrate him for that. He, I know he wants to get BYU back to the NCAA tournament. I'm sure that is one of his overarching goals before his tenure at BYU ends, whether it is in that 2020-2021 uh, season or beyond. He wants to see BYU getting back to being a regular tournament per, uh, participant. I want to see that as well. I think any BYU fan of you that are listening here to the Locked On Cougars podcast would agree. You want to see the Cougars in the big dance on a yearly basis. For a long time, BYU was a regular uh, team in that tournament, but recently it's kind of dried up. I believe it's three seasons now without a trip to the NCAA tournament, the big dance in March. So... Hats off to Dave Rose. Congratulations to him on the contract extension. I do wonder, though, if this is his um, swan song with that extension, a short-term extension in is what it looks like. But maybe not. Maybe he decided, hey, let's just get this extension done, see where I'm at, and then we'll negotiate when the end of the 2021 season comes. I know that BYU, there's always that question of, okay, well, what head coaching candidates are out there for if and when? Dave Rose does step aside. Well, of course, BYU's next opponent, Mark Pope, his former assistant, uh, is going to be on that short list. Brent Peary, who coaches currently at Portland State, another LDS gentleman, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's one of the prerequisites for a head coach of any sport at BYU is that they're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, those are the two gentlemen I can think of, think of off the top of my head. And, of course, people will throw out the names like Mark Madsen, who is an uh, assistant with the Los Angeles Lakers. I know Austin Ainge has been mentioned before. Uh, he's currently working with his father for the Boston Celtics. So there's a decent list of candidates out there. But Dave Rose, he's got his work cut out for him to get this program back to being um, on a national scene, playing in the playing in the big dance in March, but hats off to him on getting that contract extension. And if it is the end of the road, I think most BYU fans will look back on the tenure of Dave Rose with fondness because he brought Jimmer Mania to BYU, took them to some of the heights that have not been seen in 30 years. Speaking of getting to the Sweet 16 with Jimmer his senior year, he was a regular participant in the NCAA tournament early on in his tenure at BYU, and he's hoping to get back there this year. And We'll see how it shakes out. I'm hoping they can get back this year. they got to start winning games. And a game against Nevada, a loss against Nevada, will not hurt BYU in the rankings. Like a loss to, let's say, Pepperdine or Santa Clara will. Nevada is a top 10 team. BYU battled hard. And the NCAA Tournament Committee, the ones that make the selections on Selection Sunday, will note this game down the road. All right, there's some of my thoughts on the BYU basketball season opener. Like I mentioned, the next game will be a home game, their home opener Friday night, hosting a crosstown rival UVU. Mark Pope and his team coming to BYU. A little bit of a rebuilding season in my mind for UVU, but we'll see what happens Friday night. Coming up next, we're going to talk with BYU passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick. I had a chance to speak with him one-on-one after BYU practice yesterday, get some of his thoughts 
on the Boise State loss, takeaways for the coaching staff, and also look ahead a little bit to UMass and what he expects going forward. Before we take that break, do need to tell you about today's title sponsor on the show. That is our good friends at All Guard Pest Control and Termite Extermination. They are here to take care of all of your pest control needs. You have spiders invading your home with the cold weather setting in, mice working their way into your basement or attic. All Guard Pest Control is here to help you get rid of those problems, abate them, make sure that they don't come back. That's one of my favorite things about this company. You can go online and look at their reviews. It's five stars. Maybe the lowest I've seen is a four-star review, and that's still not bad considering people on the internet are there to be outraged. It just shows you how much it means to All Guard Pest Control to have the reputation that they do. I've met with All Guard, Seth the owner, great dude, big-time BYU fan, by the way. So I check it out give them a call if you have any questions or concerns when it comes to pest control they'll make sure you're taken care of no contracts if you don't want it they'll come out one time and service you one time if that's what you prefer or if you're like my wife and you want quarterly visits they'll come out every three months make sure you're taken care of year round give them a call all guard pest control 801-851-1812 once again give seth and his team a call tell them that locked on cougars and jay catch sent you 801-851-1812 801-851-1812 that's all guard pest control march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast every monday andy Patton and isaac shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball keep you up to date on the ncaa tournament bubble and get you ready for the upcoming week of games From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. I had a chance yesterday to catch up with BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick. Always a good individual to talk to. Aaron is one of my favorite interviews on this coaching staff. Um, He's not afraid to address anything that you ask him. Nothing's off base unless it's an NCAA violation for him to speak about it. Speaking of, let's say, like a recruit. Aaron will always give you thoughtful responses when you ask him questions, so I would appreciate him taking the time to join me. We're going to play the interview now. We start off talking a little bit about the Boise State loss, some of the takeaways, um, what Zach Wilson may have seen in his mind with that final play that ended up being a sack, which ultimately doomed BYU in the loss. And we'll also talk a little bit about UMass, the upcoming opponent this Saturday, BYU going cross-country. An early morning game uh, for BYU fans, 10 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff, noon there on the east coast a game scheduled to be televised on 11 sports the northeastern sports network and thank goodness byu tv stepped in to help out byu fans it'll also be simulcast on byu tv so you can catch the game there uh, the station I work for, the Zone Sports Network here in Salt Lake City, we'll have our Cougar pregame show for you starting at 9 a.m. Uh, we'll be covering it for you top to bottom, getting you ready for this game. But we're talking with Aaron Roderick right now, getting his thoughts on the Boise State loss, and you'll also hear him talk about UMass this week. So here you go, Aaron Roderick with myself yesterday after practice. 
going back to that Boise game, when you see Matt Hadley bust off that that screen pass, what is your what's going through your mind at that point? Well, it, uh, the big play kind of changed the strategy a little bit. We went from having you know, thinking we didn't have a lot of time to all of a sudden it seemed like we had a ton of time. Mm-hmm. So we went from hurry up mode to kind of slow down a little bit mode. And then all of a sudden we uh, got ourselves in a position where we were a little short on time at the very end. But um, it was just a, a, you know, a exciting finish and we just came up a little short. Kalani and, and Grimes yesterday, listening to both of them, kind of mentioned that that last time out you guys called, they probably would have called a little bit earlier. Is that kind of your assessment after looking at the film as well? You would have rather have taken that time out a little bit earlier, or is it it's hindsight's twenty twenty? Yeah, I think it, I think it's easy to relive that. I think we had a good plan for that situation. I think we we handled it well until the final play, and you know we we explained to our players that we had two plays, and uh, you know it just didn't turn out didn't turn out that way, but. Um, we, I mean, there wasn't a t- any time in that drive where we didn't have great communication about the situation and how to manage it, and and um, you know we got we just didn't get it done on, and and uh, would have been nice to get one more play, but we didn't get it, and it's okay, we just move on. Jeff said he was in the box last game. Were you up there with him? Yeah, yeah, we sat right next to me. It was it was cool. It was different way than we've operated this year but I thought it uh I thought it worked really really well at times and and I think we'll just get better and better at it as we go forward in terms of relaying information I know he he, he said it himself he went up in the box once when he was down at LSU and he didn't like it so he went down yeah. at halftime do you think he'll stay up there long term or is it going to be something you guys are going to sit there and have somebody else relay it down on the field I think so we'll t- we'll talk about it again but I think that's I think he liked it. Uh, I think it's you know it's different when you're the offensive line coach than when you're calling plays, you know. And so, uh, I personally, when I called plays, I liked being up. And I think he's finding out that you know he can see some things differently up there than, than he sees on the field. And it was just nice to be able to talk to him just sitting right next to me. I didn't have to, you know. Sometimes in a game, the the, the noise and the few other voices on the headset. Sometimes you, communication can be difficult, and it was. Uh, that was a bonus. Um, we lose his presence on the field, though, and he's a big presence, so there's a trade-off there. But um, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but I think I think overall we did some good things and it has a chance to get better going forward. Zach kind of took that final play on himself in the post-game comment saying, hey, I, I knew what I was supposed to do and I didn't come. I came up short. I didn't get rid of that ball early. Yeah. The, the assessment of you coming back, going, going back and looking at it and saying, okay, freshman mistake or yeah. is it? Okay. Yeah, freshman mistake, man. It, but uh, we're not even in that position without some of the plays he made either. So I just, you know, that's what happens when you play young guys. Uh, they got to learn and grow. And and um, you know, we had a good a good play call. We had a, we 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 threw we were going for a quick pass. It was a slant, throw it now or or and then or throw it away. So we get one more play. And and uh, you know, he's such a playmaker. He thought he saw something that he could make, and and he made a mistake. And that's okay. It's that's football. That's life. And um, you know, I think. One thing that's been lost in all the talk about the mistakes we made is that we did a lot of good things in that game against a really good team in a tough place. And we're just a team right now that's just we just came up a couple yards short. We just we're a team that's in need of a win. And and uh, but I think we're doing a lot of good things. And and um, you know I look forward to playing this Saturday. Have you seen a position group in your career decimated as much as the tight ends this year for this team? <laughs> No, I mean it's it's it's. We were rattling off the names the other day, and I, I I pulled out like three names really fast, and then like three more names that I'd completely even forgotten about. Okay. Guys that we lost in spring or you know early fall camp, 
we you know we really thought we were going to be a you know three tight ends on the field half the game kind of team and um, now we're down to two guys that are you know and they're walking wounded as it is and so it's but it's fun I mean it's it's fun to adapt and it's fun to see other players emerge we had I thought our receivers really stepped up in this game we had some guys step up and make plays and um, you know Matt Hadley's emerging so even though we're short at one position we our offense evolves and other guys step up and and that's football that's life you can't can't you can't worry about injuries I mean no one's gonna feel sorry for you Long trip across the country to go play in Foxborough against this UMass team. What do you expect from the Minutemen? Um, well, I know they won in Provo last year, so they're good. And um, they score a lot of points um, on offense. So we've got our work cut out for us to to uh, score points as well. And we got a long trip. But um, I think I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Like I said, it when you lose a heartbreaker like we lost last week, um, you know, I'm not one to dwell on that. I'm one to like, just can't wait to get back out there and exercise those demons. And so we're we're looking forward to another shot to play together. When a team like that, you said you mentioned the reputation of them scoring so many points. Yeah. Hawaii kind of did the same thing coming in here. Does that change your mindset at all? I mean, no. We're not playing against their offense. We're we're just trying to do our job. We, you know, we, it all starts with taking good care of the football, and then we want to. We want to score as many points as we can, sure. But um, we're not trying to be in a track meet with anybody either, because you know when you sometimes when you when you try to play that way, you just end up leaving your defense in a lot of tough positions. And so um, we'll try to find a balance. We want to score as many points as we can, of course. Um, but we want to play good, balanced football, and 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 you know just be physical and do our job. There you go, Aaron Roderick. I like what he had to say. Um, he understands that, yeah, UMass is a team that can score can score points in bunches. Andy Isabella, their star slot receiver, had 300 yards receiving last week. They went to triple overtime in a game against Liberty. And they can put up points. Their defense, not good at all. So BYU should be able to score points as well. But you heard Aaron there just say, yeah, we can't get into the mindset that, hey, we've got to score every time out. And we just got to go fast, 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 score, score, score. Because you put your defense in a vulnerable position because they're getting worn out. They're wearing down as the game goes on. So he said, we're going to try and strike a balance. And I can assure you that BYU doesn't want to go into this game thinking, okay, we're going to hold UMass to 20 points and we're going to win 21 to 20. They want to score points just as bad as anybody. This offensive staff, there are guys that have played at high levels. Aaron Roderick played on the 1996 BYU football team, for crying out loud. One of the most high-flying teams in BYU history. Jeff Grimes played at UTEP. They're... Guys on this team have played at the Division One level. They know what it's like to score points, and they want to score points in bunches. I can assure you of that. So they're going to do their best, and we'll see what it shakes out on Saturday. But I get this—I get a feeling that this is a game uh, similar to what Hawaii was. Hawaii came into Provo uh, four weeks ago now, and people were saying, well, they got this high-flying offense. How is BYU going to shut them down? Well, BYU shut them down to the tune of three points in the first half. I think this is going to be a similar setup for BYU. I'm expecting them to go to Foxborough, go to Gillette Stadium there, and shut down UMass to the point where this offense has a chance to really do some things, get some revenge for the loss a year ago, and 
come back home and play for bowl eligibility on senior night against New Mexico State. That's what I expect. I think it's a similar setup to Hawaii, and we'll be previewing that for you later this week on the Friday show of the Locked on Cougars podcast. Another interview I had a chance to conduct, we'll get to tomorrow. I had a chance to catch up with BYU running back Lopini Katoa. We'll talk to him about his play, uh, the the running back by committee approach that BYU is taking right now and what he expects from BYU going forward. So that'll be on tomorrow's show so you guys can plan ahead for that. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back. Uh, tell you a little bit about the other teams in Provo. Some postseason awards handed out for the BYU women's soccer team ahead of their NCAA tournament appearance. We'll tell you about that here in a moment. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about two of today's sponsors on the show, first of which is Sling TV. Sling TV is your best option when you want to watch college football. I'm a college football nut, and Sling TV has all the networks you need to get uh, your college football fix. For just $30 a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Networks, uh, all the ESPN Networks, Pac-12 Networks, SEC Network, and more. Uh, no, no useless channels when it comes to Sling. You pick what you want. If you're a sports fan and your wife's a movie buff, well, you can pick the packages that have both sports and movies, and there you go. You don't have to worry about having these other channels you never watch. There are no long-term contracts with Sling TV, no hidden fees. You know exactly what you're paying monthly right up front, and of course you can cancel without any penalty at any time locked on cougars listeners you can go to sling.com slash locked on get a free seven day free trial to see if it's the right option for you to go with sling tv cord cutting is becoming more and more popular and you guys can check it out and see if it might be the right option for you that's sling.com slash locked on check it out guys sling.com slash locked on sling tv giving you the tv you love only better also brought to you today by our good friends at Vivid Seats. It's an online ticket event marketing marketplace providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last you a lifetime. If you're a BYU fan, you can go out and watch New Mexico State next week. Go see the BYU basketball team this Friday against UVU. Vivid Seats can help you get there with an easy purchasing experience and great prices. Two of the hallmarks that Vivid Seats offers. With the promo code locked on, locked on Cougars listeners can receive $20 off your order of $200 or more if you are a first time customer of Vivid Seats. How you redeem that is go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, enter that promo code locked on to receive $20 off your order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. It's an easy way to get, get save yourself some money and get out to an event that you maybe have been looking forward to, and you can do it for great prices. So once again, use that promo code Locked On. Vivid Seats confirmed orders are also backed up by a 100% guarantee to give you peace of mind that you're not getting ripped off. So check it out, guys. It's a blast to use Vivid Seats and use the promo code Locked On. Save yourself some money, 10% off, $20 off your order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. as we round out today's show want to thank you guys once again for downloading the podcast if you don't mind especially if you're an itunes user that listens to this podcast please go to itunes give us a five-star rating and even a review if you don't mind it doesn't take much time but it makes all the world a difference to me and the locked on podcast network it just helps with the algorithms in terms of the promotion of the podcast and keeping us on their charts uh, i want to thank each and every one of you who have done it already so if you are new please consider 
doing that or if you've been a longtime listener who hasn't done it quite yet please consider doing it. I would really appreciate it. All right, a couple of notes for you from the other teams in the BYU Athletic Department. Of course, we recapped BYU's season opening loss to Nevada earlier on in the show and also had a chance to catch up with Aaron Roderick in the last segment. But BYU men's golf, they're in the final day of the St. Mary's Invitational today. Peter Quest, like we talked about yesterday, had an absolutely historic performance with his 10-under on the opening day of the tournament. Uh, Quest uh, finished yesterday shooting a two under 69 to hold on to a seven stroke lead in the individual race also helped BYU stay atop the leaderboard Rhett Rasmussen shot an even 71 to stay just outside the top 10 in 11th place after the second day of competition so congratulations uh, the team for BYU I said in first place going into the final day of competition today hopefully they're able to hold on to that lead and Peter Quest can also win the uh, individual title Austin Bands I failed to mention mention him previously. Rhett Rasmussen and Chad Hardy both tied at 11th, but Austin Bands having quite the performance himself. He shot consecutive two under 69s. He sits in third place after the second round. So best of luck to Bruce Brockbank's team. A win in this tournament would likely vault them up the national rankings once again. So here's hoping they're able to do it. Also some postseason conference honors handed out for the BYU women's soccer team. The West Coast Conference champions, the ranked 24th in the country now, Headed to TCU this Friday evening for their opening round match of the NCAA tournament. Uh, sophomore Michaela Cullohan and junior Elise Flake were named to the All-WCC first team yesterday. Juniors Alyssa Jefferson and Rachel Bingham-Lyman earned All-WCC second team honors. And then the honorable mention list featured junior Sabrina Macias-Davis and freshman Olivia Wade. Uh, Bella Felino was also joined Wade on the All-WCC freshman team. So... Some great honors uh, for the BYU women's soccer team. Uh, Most notably also, BYU women's soccer head coach Jennifer Rockwood. She was named as West Coast Conference Coach of the Year. So... A lot of honors, all well-deserved. BYU having that bounce-back season, winning the WCC title with an 8-1 and record. Best of luck to them Friday night at TCU, uh, set for an 8 p.m. Uh, sorry, a 6 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Uh, check it out, guys. I think it should be a blast. I think BYU's got a good chance to make a run here, and we'll be rooting for them. All right, that's the show for today. Thanks again for tuning in. Back tomorrow, like I mentioned, catching up with BYU running back Lopini Katoa. We'll be getting, ready, getting you ready for the game this Friday, not Friday, Saturday against UMass. And we'll also be covering everything else going on in BYU sports like we always do right here on Locked on Cougars. This has been the November 7th, 2018 edition of Locked on Cougars.